Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. Heavenly Father, it is with such gratitude I keep on thinking of the people. I keep on thinking, every day I keep on thinking of the people. Every day I feel in myself, in myself, I feel like a, pr- a pride of just for the people's sake of what they are doing and how they are performing under severe duress. Let me say it again. I'm proud of them. Every day I feel that way. You know that, Lord. I talk about it. I'm amazed about it because you've given us a flock of people that are steadfast, loyal, faithful. They're givers. They support the kingdom of God. They feed the poor. They are volunteers. They are people that through thick and thin, they're always going. You've given us, you've given us people that could feed millions, literally millions. But at the moment we're doing, I don't know, Frankie will come how many meals a year we're busy pumping out this year alone. You've given us a band. That greatly pleases me, Lord, because you know how I love music. You know, Lord, and I have just, it's been the biggest blessing to watch these people. And I sometimes think, well, you know, that guy's really doing good. I need to see the man next to him doing just as well because they have brought their professional status standard music to just the church of God. But isn't it just the most important thing? I love the people, and I pray for the protection of the people, all the people. I love people from all the tongues, all the tribes, all the kindreds, all the nations. If I could have given them all a hug, but that you would be able to do, I can't. But Lord, I just want to say that Let your love abound towards your people forever. And Lord, I particularly lift up the needy, the depressed, the suffering, the poor, the hungry, the sick, the stressful, the victimized. Those people who are innocent yet being victimized by, let's call it bullies in society, I just lift them up to you, Lord, and I just pray, give them wisdom, give them favor, show them the way out, open the door for them, give your angels charge concerning them and guard over them and cause their money to multiply, just like it was in the time of the prophets of the Old Testament. Let it be so, Lord, that they will never have empty food storage in their house. But always there will be something. And always the Lord will give increase. Do it, Lord. Help them also for unity in the home, unity in the house, unity in the marriage. Let them all rediscover what they all mean to each other. And thank you for every home cell, home cell leader, All the people there, I think of them all, they are remarkable, remarkable. This church 
is rock solid because of you. And Lord, we give you all the glory and I thank you for these people, I pray. And again, I like to bring it down to the individual watching me right now. Why, why just the individual? Because next to you is another individual, another individual, and I want you to feel as though I'm talking to you. That's just my philosophy. And I hope that you be strengthened through that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the words of Job, I love this. I got back to it again, you know. If I get stuck on something, then, um, you know, it just, it just works my case for me. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Now, the word trust means to wait. It's, uh, it's a Hebrew word. The Hebrew word is yakal. It means to wait. I'm just reading it straight from this Hebrew translation. Though he slay me, yet I trust him. I will trust him. The word trust, yakal, also means I will always hope in him. It's like in a continuous tense. No matter what happens in this world, no matter how difficult things are, did you hear me? Did you hear me? No matter how, how terrible your circumstances might be, no matter how hungry you are, just trust him. Like Job said, I will trust him. That trust is like, it's like imperative, it's like continuous tense ad infinitum, forever. I will always have, and also in the, I could go to the dictionary now in detail, but it also means I will put my hope in him. This situation is bad, but my hope is in you, Lord. My trust is in you, Lord. In you, Lord, alone I stand on my two feet. In you, Lord, and because of you, Lord, alone, I could get as far as I got today. But it's going to get better because as I commit my life to you, Lord, let's talk to the Lord, to you, Lord, alone, I'll never come short. I talk to you, Lord, I go every day with constant expectation. This is going to be a good day. Why? Because I love the Lord and I love his word. By the way, I'm just touching this here. This is a copy of the Ten Commandments, the Ten Words that you hear see, but you see it in the Hebrew language. I am the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Now, okay, let's leave it there. God says in the book of Isaiah, and be, there is no other God besides me. And then one of the things which I found very interesting is says, put away therefore all your idols. When in the period of time of the COVID, I just... You know, I was just in prayer, I tell you, in of the most intense prayer that I have been in 45 years, 75 years of, of life. I mean, I hit the floor, I prayed, and from two o'clock in the morning, I went on and I prayed. I wouldn't stop. I went louder and louder. I prayed on in tongues. I went louder. Ultimately, Maud would say afterwards, she would say, I'm sure the people two houses down can hear you. I did say this, possibly at the prayer meeting, 
on heart to heart, but it doesn't really matter. The point is, I got more intense. And then when I felt I had now just opened up myself and every wrongdoing of my life, I thought, Lord, now, 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 I have also put away, there is no idols in my life. I put away these things. I've forgiven all. And the glory of God hit this place, this room from where I'm sitting. Just behind me, there's the prayer meeting, but actually the, the prayer chair is the one in the far corner behind me, but about there, maybe a bit this way, just here. Um, I was on my knees before the Lord. I bowed low and I worshipped Him, and the glory of God just wouldn't leave. And I felt in my heart, to God be the glory for the things He has done with His blood, he has saved me. With his power, he has raised me. To God be the glory forever. We all, my dear friend watching me, we all wait for him. Though he slay me, doesn't matter what happens. Doesn't matter if my faith is tested more precious than gold. I will trust in the Lord with all of my heart. God says these words, and I did get the verses so that I can give you the most precise um, English literal word-for-word -word translation. But of course here, you look at the, the Hebrew, it, it just blows the boat out of the water because this Hebrew is just revelation from revelation to the next revelation. This, <laughs> uh, I tell you, I tell you. So, I, even I, this is Isaiah 43, verse 25. And he that blotteth out thy transgression for my own sake. And will remember, I'm sorry, will not remember thy sins. King James translation. I will not remember your sins. It's like you would say, it's, it's like, how, how would I explain? It's like you just say, yes. God's not even going to remember what I've done wrong. And then I think, how great thou art. Then I think, to God be the glory for the things he has done. Then I think, you are my everlasting God. In you will I trust, no matter what. I, and, and then God says here in the 26th verse of Isaiah 43, he says, put me in remembrance. And this is often commentated in the, in the Bible schools, theological college, this word, put me in remembrance, where God makes a little statement and he gives the permission. Now, he said, put me in remembrance, remind me. But you know what? I always feel a little, a little, almost like embarrassed to put God in remembrance for anything because he knows what I'm going to say before I say it. And then I'm thinking, how can I put him into remembrance if he knows everything? But he says, so I do. He says, let us plead together. Let us plead together. The word is a word which I heard, actually I was down the lake of Kinneret, the Sea of Galilee. And there's the Jesus boat. And um, there was a, a lady that brought me one of the prayer shawls, a genuine real McCoy, the real thing. 
that they use at the Wailing Wall or the Kotel or the Western Wall. And uh, she used this, a very similar Hebrew word, Shafat. She just said, Shas. And she gave me this. And I, I put on the prayer shawl, and I felt very good at that time. But thou says, let us plead together. Shafat means, let us judge together. In other words, bring your judgment like a judge. I'll be the senior judge. I will say if you're right and if I agree. And of course, I have the veto power, really, when, all the time. So, I present this to the Lord, let's plead together. Declare thou that you may be justified. So, this word here is literally there. It says, remind me. It says, in the Tree of Life version, which really is this Hebrew translation, it says, state your case. So that you may be proved right. So that you may be justified. So you state your case to the Lord. I think with massive compassion. Maybe that's just the way the Lord has wired me in these last years. That I have so much compassion on the people. And um, I have seen how people suffer. I have seen people arrive in stores or shops. And if I had all the money in the world, I'd spend it right there and make sure that I would just help everybody to pay whatever they're paying. Because they come with the most simplistic little things and buy a piece of bread. And it just, 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 it just gets me. People are having a hard time, but it spills over into the marriage. Now, there are a few things with marriage that I suppose the years have come, the years have gone. Well, you know, you listen to, you read this book, or you listen to this one, that one, the other one. Because of this COVID thing, he compressed all people together, including those marriage partners, brought them close. Now, Marriage partner must help marriage partner. And uh, I think this year more than I will, by the grace of God, celebrate uh, our 50th wedding anniversary. And let me tell you now, marriage, man, it, it's one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. It's one of the greatest choices I ever made. And it works. It works in the most incredible way. I often think, how would life be without my partner? It's just, my partner is my wife. And my wife is beyond a treasure to me. How would it be without her? Or you as a lady might say, how would be life without my husband? I could not, I could not even exist because We've appeared before the Lord in holy matrimony. What God has put together. Then we became fruitful. Then we had a family together. Then we go all the way and we see our grandchildren raised up. And I see my grandchildren, they're already at university level. 
In fact, the eldest is fifth year medical medical school right now. And the second eldest is in third year of um, uh, chemical engineering. And so, you know, I just love these kids. And they said, Opa, you can really phone me, you know. So I think, well, isn't it amazing to hear that from the children of another generation yet to fully mature? And, uh, you know, it's like people go through hard times, but they always look, now listen to me, listen to me. They always, they always look for an anchor man or woman in their lives. It could be a mother, it could be a father. And so they just say, I look, my anchor man is my father. And he was. He was for the whole family. I mean, come time in the afternoons when he came home, we bunch of kids, we all get on top of the, the by the post box, there was a, like a little pillar, and we get on the pillar, and here sits the whole bunch of us on the pillar waiting for dad to come. And um, he, used to, he used to work in Johannesburg, come home by train, which is right at his office, and then just take the bus right next to the house. And uh, he'd get off and come walking, and we all want to have the newspaper from him that he read during the course of the day. Those were the days, my friend, but you had an anchor man. You had an anchor man. And God is the anchor person. And Jesus Christ is the anchor person. And the Holy Spirit is the anchor person. The Holy Trinity is our anchor man. And uh, I often thought, you know, it's just incredible how stability comes when stability is. The relationship between a husband and his wife I think I told you this one, but I'm going to tell you this in any way. Just, just listen to this, because I think it's just so important. We as ministers, we talk to a lot of people, and we see them having trouble. Now, to see people having a, uh, a marital tiff, call it a tiff, if you will, argument, to see them have that, yeah, sure, it happens through many years, through many marriages, and there comes a point where you have a difference. And Maud and I have had our differences through the years, but we'd always come together and say, okay, we come to pray now, what do you get now? And then she would say, and I would say, so I get the same thing. That's the way to go. Maybe sometimes at that moment, you just want your will to be done instead of consulting with your wife and above all, consulting with God. So we split, we talk to God. We come back from God and we say, ah, same thing. You got the same thing. Spot on the nose. You hit the nail on the head. That's the way it is. The devil's got a three-prong, three-point fork. Mythological, of course. And I said, marriage and family, those children are so dear. And then I said, commercial, the economy, yours including, personally and wider, to the nation, to the nations, and uh, finally sickness and disease, which is COVID, which I think people suffer from COVID fatigue at this stage. But let's, let's say this to you. Children look up to their fathers. Now, I did study in psychology at university also. 
And during my graduation, we looked at how the impact of a father and versus the impact of a mother is on children. And the amazing impact of fatherhood became very, very, uh, not burdensome, but a sense of a responsibility for me of what is to come. Now, one day I would have to look after these kids properly. The other thing, now listen to me, men, listen to me, men. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to talk to you now. I'm going to talk to you real serious. You know, my father and I see Maud's father did the same thing. You know what they did? When they finished work, they came home. They didn't go for a drink first. They came home immediately. You know what? I would see my mother every afternoon at about maybe 3 o'clock, 3.30, 4-ish. She would go and have a bath, dress in clean clothes, and like the ladies do, beautify themselves. And she would be in the kitchen waiting with tea or coffee for my father depending on what he wanted. We didn't have cell phones in those days, but it could be a cup of tea or something. She would do it like clockwork. Every night, they left their door open, their bedroom door open, and every night I would look at these two people, then they were becoming aged, and I would look at them both at the feet of the bed, facing each other, praying together. Praying together. Maud and I, Every morning, we pray together. We have children, but they grow old. They leave the house. Now we've got grandchildren too. Who knows, one of these days I've got great-grandchildren. I don't know. But the point of the day is, they prayed together. And from that prayer, the unification in the Spirit comes the unification of the love of the entire family. Did you hear what I said? Don't go walking around. Don't go messing around when your wife, who loves you and has waited for you the whole day, she's waiting for you to come home. And I could say the same thing for those who are wives, but they're also working. We know circumstances. That's what we are. We ministers. We represent you before God and God before you. And, you know, it's like... Let's get home to our husbands and wives as quick as we can. And let's make sure that that love is always in the perfect condition it should be. Now, it's a funny thing, you know. I never thought I would talk about this. But it was like this. My mother would give instructions and my father would lay down the final say on anything. I watched him. I watched him. He loved flowers. And he's one of those people that just handy with his hands and he had hobbies like, you know, he's making something. And he had birds. He had lots and lots of birds. He liked his bird cages with all these birds and spent time, a cup of tea by the bird cages. And uh, I watched him, but he didn't say much in terms of thou shalt, thou shalt not, thou shalt, thou shalt not. But when he called the shots, the entire family would say, yes, sir. It's just like it is. To his death. It was just like it is. We have a father. Now, 
I don't have an earthly father no more. Neither do I call nobody father. Because there is one who is father. And he is the Lord. I'm not talking about my own father or my own mother. Or, and I'm just saying that I only, from the point of religion or by faith in God, my commitment to God, there's only one father. That's the Lord. Our Father, which art in heaven, the heavenly Father, the possessor of heaven and earth. Now, I wanted to get to you, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about just how powerful He is who protects you. And I don't think I'm going to be able to achieve that, and uh, not, not in this session, but just how powerful is He. And I haven't spoken about health, and I haven't spoken about economy because I want to tell you that one, that one is one mucho bug, if you could make it what I'm trying, a big bug. You know, I see how married couples get it wrong continuously because they just get it wrong. Maybe they just don't have the insight. But you know what? Marriage is a covenant. Now think about that. You just think about that. And if you would take the word covenant, just think about that. Just go research that. Marriage is a covenant. When I started serving God, I went to Maud and I took every single cent. In fact, very often I carry a purse and when she wants money, I take out the purse and give her my purse. Say, there it is, take and then you ask me how much money have you got in the purse? I have no idea. And I'm not interested either. Because money died 30, 40 years ago to me. I couldn't be bothered. He supplied, yes. He blessed, yes. Maud was always there. And made things look neat and, and all of that. But I gave everything over into my wife's hands. Because she is sharp with how to spend with wisdom. So I gave it to her. And so I never have any complications or any unnecessary worries about money. Or if it is the husband, let, let's say, is, you know, is a charter accountant or auditor or somebody like that, it would then be advise, advisable for the husband to be able to do that. But still, yeah, I take my own parents because they were an incredible example to me. Once a month, they would go to the kitchen, not to the kitchen, to the lounge and uh, the dining room table, more specifically. And they go and sit with a book next to each other. I'd see them do it every month. And then they go running through the budget together, the two of them. And they knew what they had and they knew what they had not. Now, there was the thing I saw. And I saw them praying together. And I told you a few things which I think are just bang. It's, it's big, it's really big. And it works. And uh, just be sure to love each other as God loves you. I bless you. I'm going to read you. I've got to read you this one from the Hebrew Bible. And I love this. And I'll read it in Hebrew. And then I'll read it in English. This is the blessing. And it says, Yevarecheta Adonai ve'ish barecha Ya'er Adonai panaf alecha Vichuneka, Yisha Adonai Panaf Elecha, 
Vashem Lecha Shalom. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord Adonai make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Adonai turn his face towards you and greet you and grant you Shalom. Peace. I bless you till I see you next week. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.